1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of
0: the French Catholic Cafe,
1: uh, and I'm joined by uh, Robert Hutton.
2: How
0: Hello, you know, Robert? Deacon. Doing well. Just finished eating that little pastry that we had. It was really good. Well, Check it's it a pilgrimage, out. so we enjoy whatever's That's put right. before us, right? That's uh, right. Which is
1: a good thing. And speaking of things that are put before us, we have a great guest here, uh, and we another conversation we're having with folks, and...
0: Interesting stories come up. Exactly. Interesting vocation stories.
1: Exactly right. So we're going to talk to Father Andrew Fisher. Father Andrew, welcome to the Catholic Cafe's luxurious
2: corner booth. You feel luxurious here? It's an honor to be here. Thank you.
1: Very good. Now, you are at St. Ambrose in Annandale, Virginia.
2: Correct. I'm the pastor there.
1: You run the show there. It's a great honor to serve wonderful people in the parish. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you have an interesting story, and, and we were talking to you a bit, and you were telling us about you know it's going to be this or this and, and one of the this is is the is the priesthood but then another this was very interesting uh, for some of vocation and that's baseball that's right right that's so right. there's a kind of a neat uh, little little connection there so tell us how, how did you get into the whole baseball world you early on
2: oh my first love was baseball collecting baseball cards going to the ball game playing little league going up to high school baseball. My dream is play major league baseball. And I was very honored to play division one college baseball and travel across Dude, America team captain too, right captain of the team. I was a pitcher for four years in college. So did you have some dreams of maybe going on with that? And uh, every ball player has that dream. Yeah. And the more you work at it and the competition gets bigger and your games are on TV or radio and there's scouts watching you. That's what your goal is. And you think that's what my aim is.
1: Right. And so you were, you were kind of set your sights there and, uh, but I guess seeing you in that collar tells me that uh, unless you're a, a chaplain for a team, you did, that, did that, didn't, that reality never happened for you.
2: Well, that's right. I jokingly say I grew up wanting to play for the Orioles, but now I play for the Padres. <laughs> <laughs> very,
1: very good. So how, tell me how you got from your eyes on this prize of baseball right, to this this idea of, of serving the Lord
2: in his church. Um, God totally duped me. My dream was to play college baseball, and I went and looked at several colleges and that were talking baseball with me, and I chose a college, Mount St. Mary's College in Emmitsburg, Maryland, uh, for the ability to play Division One baseball, not knowing there was a seminary attached. Oh. So when I saw the prize of baseball, I jumped at it, and God let me jump at it, knowing he was going to use that as a stepping stone to something else. So when I went to college, it was to play baseball, but while I was on that campus, I had a chance to meet young men who were seminarians, who really helped me know my faith better. I got the chance to start going to daily mass and praying the rosary, and uh, one great blessing was almost every weekend we had road trips, and so almost every weekend as I was driving up and down the East Coast, uh, I was thinking about the big questions of life. And uh, I had almost like a little mini-retreat every weekend. You had time to yourself to really actually think about all this stuff. I did. A luxury not many college students do, but I did. And, and you're so, away
0: for the weekends, too, Father. And that's
2: right. Probably, yeah, didn't? yeah. A lot of my friends would stay back and do social activities at college. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I was playing baseball. And so at,
1: at what point did you figure that maybe the priesthood was a place where God was calling you?
2: Well, you know, the, by the time you get to Division I sports, that's a full-time job. You're playing Every day, all day, you're working out nonstop. So it teaches a dedication and focus. But I look back now and see it clearly. I didn't see it at the time, but God was using many of those skills I was learning full-time to employ as a, a dedicated athlete. And those skills began spilling over into discernment of life and what God asked of me. And eventually by junior year not having any teams chasing after me to sign me up, I started saying, well, what is the real purpose of me being in college? What's God asking me to do? And even junior and senior year while playing baseball, God just started putting people into my life or opening doors, and things got clearer and clearer.
1: Now, did, did you ever envision yourself a priest as a young man? Or did you ever even think about that? As oh, I was
2: a good altar boy at my parish, but certainly uh, I went right from the altar out to the ballpark and played at night. So. And what was your faith life? Like as, as, a, as a kid growing up. Well, I was blessed to have a good Irish family. Mom and dad went to mass faithfully as an altar server. It was very good. But when you got to college, you know, you kind of start having to defend your faith and really thinking more about it. And I was very blessed. I had some good Catholic friends in college and some of the seminarians I met that whatever questions I had, they helped me find the answers. Amen. So now uh, when we talk
1: about sports a lot of time, you know, you, in modern discussions in the church— especially at a parish, we'll, we'll talk about sports, but sometimes there's some folks that don't like sports at all. They think they take away from the, 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 the life in the church. It's, it's either sports or church for a lot of people. And In fact, some people have their involvement with church is really just wrapped up in being, oh, I'm coach for the team. I'm very involved in my parish. I'm, ra- I'm coach for the team. I do this and with the sports, and I do the sports field. And, and sports sometimes can draw people away, but is there maybe a possibility that, that sports is is, is part and parcel to, to maybe
2: parish life or just life in the church? Deacon Jeff, absolutely. You know, John Paul II, blessed John Paul II, called for the new evangelization to use every tool possible to bring Christ and the light of faith to the world. How often I've been in a situation at a family's dinner table, talking to the youth, maybe trying to answer questions. I meet someone on the bus or the street. And faith provides kind of analogies or common language or ideas that could easily help illustrate the beauty of Jesus and the faith and the sacraments. So we should look at that. There's, there's a, you, in your priestly ministry, have, have
1: developed this sort of this theory here. Uh, we'll call it the Fisher Theory, you know, <laughs> Father Fisher Theory, uh, about, about baseball and the connection, the lessons that we learn in life, and, and how you can take some of those things specifically from baseball and apply them uh, to, to your faith life. Sure. How does that
2: start? Well, I'm very blessed that back in the Diocese of Arlington, uh, there's a friend of mine, Ray McKenna, who is the founder of a group called Catholic Athletes for Christ, CAC. Uh-huh. And I work with him and many other priests, but it uses sports as the language to speak to different people. So uh, Ray McKenna and Catholic Athletes for Christ quite often have had me speak uh, to... Uh, men and women in high school and college who are athletes.
0: Is that kind of like, I think there's a, a, a Protestant group called Fellowship of Christ- Christian Athletes. Is Correct. that sort of a Catholic version the of Catholic that? The Catholic
2: version of it, absolutely. And then we do retreats themed on sports or using parts of scripture that are, that are good analogies for sports. And also Catholic athletes, whether they be in the Olympics or professional sports or college We try and get them, because they love their faith, to come and speak to the high school or colleges. And it's a great connection because the moment you speak about sports, you instantly build bridges with people.
0: And then that way people can see that that athletes can have a a profound faith life and really love Christ and and go to Mass and take their faith very seriously.
2: Absolutely. Because many of the lessons you learn in sports... Really, God gives you, and you can apply that to lessons for the, for living your Catholic life. Well, I, I actually
1: heard um, overheard you talking to somebody else uh, about this, and you were talking about being involved in some of the major sports, maybe some of the major baseball teams, and helping to make sure that there were masses for the players on the road and things like that. Tell us about that, because a lot of people don't even realize that there is a, a very strong Catholic presence in professional sports.
2: Sure. Catholic Athletes for Christ helps make sure that Catholic athletes at all levels, are able to live their faith and receive the resources they need. And so they've provide resources, priests and masses, retreats, for everything from professional sports to college sports to the minor leagues, even at the recent Olympics. Mm. They had a program set up over in London at the Summer Olympics for Catholics to meet and talk, kind of a Catholic cafe there for Mm -hmm. Olympians, to exchange ideas, support each other, and they had mass and adoration there.
0: Mass at the ball field? No, uh, in
2: in London, they had a tent set up, okay. and they had Catholic meetings there and Mass there.
0: But what you do with the Catholic athletes, uh, do you all have the Masses Correct. in the stadium?
2: Correct. I'm very honored to say Mass for different sports teams as they pass through Washington. And also at the end of the baseball season, I help... Catholic Athletes for Christ have a retreat for major league ball players at the end of the year. So both active current players and a few retired players and coaches come, and it's a chance for them to really have that friendship and that fellowship and at the end of the year give thanks for the year, but also to spiritually prepare for what lies ahead. Well, help us understand what that's like. If you, do you
1: show up at the locker room and... You know, and and you you say mass there. Do you find some play? How does that
2: work on a on a
1: normal basis?
2: Sure. Not far from the locker rooms uh, is a room that's used for both the Protestant prayer services, and then when they're done, the Catholic mass. But the players would come in, the coaches, whoever's available at that moment. We have a certain time for mass. As they come in, the home team, but also the visiting team, Catholic players. So why is that,
0: would that be needed, Father? Is it because they have to play on Sunday so they can't get to a church to go to Mass? Or?
2: Exactly. Okay. Most games for Major League Baseball are about 1, one o'clock or 1.05 oh in the afternoon. So we have Mass in the morning around 10, and That way the players can arrive a few minutes early. Attend yeah, I mean, mass, receive the sacraments, check in with whoever they need to check in with, and then go and get ready for batting practice and whatnot. Now,
1: works? imagine this is really well received by the players and the, and the coaches and the staff that that desire this and realize the importance. Do you have? Uh, is it well received within the industry itself? Do you have to? Do you have to do a little negotiation and talking to those folks to try to make sure that this is available for everybody?
2: Well, to their credit, most of the masses that are said for football or baseball or other sports, it's usually uh, from the ground up. The players go to their organization say, we want a mass. And the more teams that have it, the easier it is for them because even when they go and play in a visiting city, they don't have to worry about trying to find a parish or what the mass times are. They show up and they know... At that weekend in that stadium, there'll be a mass I can attend. Now I
1: have to wonder, uh, Father, in this situation, I know we we normal normally when a mass is said, there's there's sometimes a stipend there, and, and uh, is there like, are there some box seats somewhere? A <laughs>
2: no, no, unfortunately, unfortunately, you know they're quasi prisoners. You know they're right. they're very appreciative. At the end of mass, I shake hands with all the players and coaches just like I would on Sunday. Some of the players, if they have questions about the faith or need something that they're working on, maybe they're getting ready to have their child baptized back home wherever they're from, I can help them with the paperwork or whatever resources Now, they you need.
1: mentioned, and I, I guess I just want to highlight the point where the the mass brings us together as a body of crisis, as people. You had mentioned that even the opposing team will, will come
2: in and have mass. I mean, the, everybody's together. Is that how that works? There's a, a great fellowship of, of players, you know, baseball players. By nature, like most athletes bond with their teammates. And sometimes they get traded or go to a different team or something. So when we have mass, both the home team is invited, but also any visiting team members are invited. So sometimes we have both teams at the same mass.
1: Well, that's beautiful, and that's a kind of a neat experience. A lot of people don't see that. You know, we're sort of lifting the veil on, uh, on baseball or other professional sports where, that, where this happens. It's, it's encouraging to see because sometimes we can see that sports might be perceived as the enemy of
0: religion. I never would have thought that they would have had mass at a professional baseball stadium before the game. Yeah, sure, or sure.
2: even at the end of the, year, the retreat, some of the players that come actually are involved in planning the retreat, picking the themes, or even giving some of the talks well, so or it's it's discussions. So it's a
0: professional baseball retreat for professional baseball players.
1: Correct. Well, we have more to talk about this exciting topic of sports and religion uh, and, and that, that beautiful connection. Uh, we're going to do that in just a second. I want to remind folks at home that we have a wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. And also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And we will be right back.
3: I'm Bess and this is another great moment in church history. Just imagine what it would have been like to sit at the feet of one of the twelve and hear the gospel proclaimed firsthand from someone who saw touched, walked, and talked with the Lord Jesus Himself. This is just what St. Polycarp did as a student of St. John, the last of the beloved apostles to die. St. Polycarp was Bishop of Smyrna and a very holy man. As a member of the second generation of church leaders, he faced many new challenges, challenges even the original 12 apostles did not face. There were many early heresies, Challenges to the truth of Christ and the authority of the Church. But above all, St. Polycarp was a man of God, and he faced these challenges head-on his entire life. He was a beacon of truth for the early Church. The heretic Marcion, who taught error about the nature, existence, and relationship of good and evil, matter and spirit, challenged St. Polycarp, demanding he recognize his heretical sect. Recognize us, Polycarp, he demanded. St. Polycarp responded, I recognize you, yes, I recognize the son of Satan. St. Polycarp was to give his life in service to the Church, just as his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A very early document, The Martyrdom of Polycarp, tells the heroic story of his death. When in his 80s, St. Polycarp was arrested. He was offered the opportunity to save his own life if he would simply swear his allegiance to Caesar. To this request, St. Polycarp answered, If you imagine that I will swear by Caesar, you do not know who I am. Let me tell you plainly, I am a Christian. It was ordered that St. Polycarp be burned at the stake. As the fire was lit, witnesses heard a long and beautiful prayer uttered from the mouth of the saint. In part, they heard, Lord God Almighty, I bless you for having made me worthy of this day and this hour. I bless you because I may have a part along with the martyrs, in the chalice of your Christ. As St. Polycarp said Amen, his captors stoked the fire. But it is reported that the fire did not burn him. It miraculously formed an arch around him, causing him to resemble what the martyrdom document says was gold and silver glowing in a furnace. They finally had to stab him to death. St. Polycarp's feast day is February 23rd. I'm Best Trozemski, and this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in
1: the luxurious corner booth of the French Catholic Cafe. We're talking to Father Andrew Fisher from Annandale, Virginia, St. Ambrose. I'm sure they're missing you, uh, and they're hoping that you're going to come back soon. Or
2: are they, Father Andrew? <laughs> no, the the great people. They gave me lots of intentions. So every day here in the Shrine at Lords, I'm praying for my people. I miss them. Amen. That's a,
1: that's a wonderful, wonderful sentiment and a great thing to do as a, as a priest. Uh, now, so we're talking about baseball. And, you know, there's, you, you're telling me there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from baseball. Let's let's kind of focus now on 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 baseball and that just the whole idea of baseball and how
2: we can learn lessons from baseball that might help us in our life. Sure, when when Jesus called the apostles and said leave your nets, they left their nets but they didn't leave their experiences. They took with them the ability as a fisherman to be patient, to cast out the nets, to read the signs of the wind and the water. Whatever gifts and talents we have, whatever experiences, if we give them to Christ, he can use them. And I can testify in my own life, uh, having been someone who loved baseball and played baseball that... When God called me to be a priest, he didn't say, give all that up and leave it. Just the opposite. Those experiences helped me in my faith and my discernment, and now I use them to help other people because there's a lot of lessons you learn in sports that apply very well to living your Catholic faith in the spiritual life. Sort of
0: a theology of baseball, Father? A
2: theology of baseball, that's Is right. That,
0: that's not heretical, Deacon. I don't know. Uh,
2: I'll
1: be flipping okay. through canon law okay. as you guys are continuing to talk okay. here. <laughs> no, So tell us some of these things like... Uh, you know there are different things that are exist in baseball that also exist in
2: our spiritual life so like, let's start with coaches absolutely you know as as someone who wanted so much to play in the major leagues and that was the goal you measured everything towards that goal and you needed good coaches people who were experienced people who had played before to teach you and every coach i had i learned something from each of them how to throw a curveball better how to throw a slider how to read a batter And in the spiritual life or to grow in your faith, you need good coaches. You know, you need good people who know their faith and love their faith. And those friendships and ask them questions will help you. They'll be good coaches. Father,
0: would that be like a spiritual director? Do you think lay people should maybe find a a priest or somebody to sort of seek out for spiritual direction? A
2: good spiritual director, a good regular confessor to go to. Even a patron saint, someone that we read their life or their writings and say, there's someone I can learn from. There's a real hero i can learn from there also might be some living saints like right, listening to this program and
1: right? people who are just good people who really can maybe don't realize the influence and the effect they can have on someone
2: else so you can be a coach for someone else as well probably absolutely when i was uh, at my second year in college the assistant coach went to daily mass and on several occasions when we go to rained out game or something happened he'd always say okay guys in the team who wants to go to mass come on and they'll take you out for dinner afterwards and I always looked up to him because he was a guy who had so many things to do, but certainly the faith was so important. And faith and baseball went together so easily. Well, I know that, uh, you know, the big game is always important, and getting ready
1: for the big game is something that's really important. Tell us about that and how getting ready for the big game is kind of like getting ready for the
2: big game of life. Oh, as an athlete, preparation means everything. You have to stretch and get a good night's sleep and eat, and even. Uh, athletes have different uh, customs that if i was going to pitch a game i would wear a certain undershirt or certain socks for for good luck you know yeah. that was my comfort zone or listen to certain music to get me kind of in the zone and the same is true for whatever god asks us to do in our vocations we need good preparation we need to say our good prayer especially every morning start the day off knowing that what i do today i'm doing it for god i'm doing it with god and certainly going to confession because confession allows us to stay focused Lord, what areas of my life are going good? Thank you. Uh, that's, I, I praise you for that. What areas do I need to tweak with your help to get things back on track? So preparation for a game, an athlete, preparation for anyone wanting to live their vocation better.
1: And I imagine someone with our, our, our Catholic teaching about Eucharist and understanding that, that when we receive Eucharist, we're, we're receiving our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and we actually become sort of a living tabernacle. right? We, we take him with us. So taking him with us to the game to, to our yeah, as part of preparation and, and, and
2: receiving Eucharist uh, is, is obviously a great way to do that as well. Isn't it? Do you know, during the season, your diet is very different from off-season. <laughs> during the season, the coaches make sure you're eating right. And certainly what you eat affects you. What goes in your body affects you. So to receive the Eucharist, imagine those graces. If you're going to be a player wanting to play in the majors is akin to being a catholic or christian who wants to get to heaven yeah you have to eat right and you have to exercise right and be prepared and we know the old adage you are what you eat right that's the eucharist you know (laughs) for someone who receives the eucharist we invite our lord to change us to be more like him that's right we we share in the
1: divine at at that point that's a wonderful thing now also we we know that especially in in sports that we're not alone, right? We, we, It's not a one-man show all the time. Unless
0: it's golf. Okay, but still, okay. no, he's no. got a caddy. Oh, okay, you're there's, right. There.
1: There's people that help okay. him, whispering in his ear, saying, no.
0: But baseball, we're talking about don't baseball.
1: Don't use the two-iron, okay. you know, whatever. So tell
2: us about this this idea of having a team with us. There are games I played that maybe I was not pitching great that day or was not going well, and thank God I had good teammates because they would catch the ball and get the out for me. They'd turn a double play. that They would get the hits and score the runs to make sure we could win. So... The game is never won if only one player does their job. The game is won if everyone does. And many a day I've went out there. If I didn't have my best stuff, I wasn't scared or worried because I knew that I had eight other guys out there yeah. who were going to back me up and dive for the ball and jump jump up and catch the ball. I mean, and I do the same for them. So. In sports, you learn really form a, a good team and use your teammates. And in the spiritual life, God puts good people into your life, You know, whether it be the priests and deacons at church, catechists, whether it be good uh, members of your family who really know their faith. But God always puts people into your life to keep you pointed in the right direction.
0: You know, Father, isn't that like it's not just a me and Jesus? I mean, it's really we have a whole team of people on earth and in heaven and, I mean, I think that that's one of the things about the Catholic faith that's so comforting to me is that, you know, it's not just me and God. Our Lord taught us the Our Father. We're praying together. We're supporting each other.
2: Absolutely. Well, I'll just build on that, Rob. And that is at lunch today I was talking to a wonderful group of pilgrims that were sharing with me that the mass we had this morning here at Lourdes was for all the pilgrims from around the world at one Mass. And parts of the Mass were in different languages. There were bishops and cardinals from all over the world. And this one family I was talking to just said that they really realized today how beautiful the Catholic faith is because here are people they've never met before from lands they may never get to. And yet at the altar today we are just one family and right. we are all sharing and saying the same prayers. And this is our team, you know, and, and all participating in the one sacrifice. And we're unified
1: uh, by that. And we become the mystical body of Christ. And that's a beautiful, beautiful teaching and a great team to be on. Absolutely. Isn't Absolutely. it? So now I tell you what, in the world of the athlete, there, there's probably the, one of the most common pitfalls is the one that just wants to give up because, you know, you see the things just aren't going well. You, you, you get out there, you have these great ideas. You're going to do this. We're going to win this game. We're going to, Right, but then all of a sudden you get clobbered. Your first inning stinks. You know, they hit it on the, you're pitching and it, it, you know, you, you, you give up, you know, six runs in the first inning. You want to just quit, don't you, Father, at that point?
2: No, absolutely. One of the most important lessons I learned from sports that apply to life is just perseverance, you know, never give up. And I was not the best of players. People say, why didn't you play Major League Baseball? And I said, no one asked me to. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I remember one game in particular. Uh, a batter got up who was kind of known for hitting home runs and this was in college and was a huge guy and there were scouts watching and the first pitch I threw it was a fastball on the inside corner and he just turned on it and shot it and it was about one inch foul should have been a home run and there was just like a hush in the stadium. Everyone it, it was, said, ooh, kind of like, it, like fireworks. Oh. It, it was incredible, <laughs> except for me. <laughs> and my catcher, who is not a Catholic, looked out at me and just kind of blessed himself. Did the I, thought, of oh, the cross. My, I hope my catcher praying, too. But he, I could have easily gotten flustered or frustrated or, or given up. And he said, okay, rather than a fastball, let's try something else now. Let's try a curve. And I remember the guy hit like a weak ground ball and got out. So the beauty of baseball is that you keep learning and growing and changing and never give up. And there are certain games I pitched that were very good games, but the first inning was horrible.
0: And, you know, Father, I've noticed that even in Lourdes, because we deal here with a lot of sick people that we bring that are suffering. And a lot of them keep on, I think, struggle with that, with their life and their their circumstances in their life. And they, they just, you know, they're looking for that hope to per- to persevere. And, you know, I, for me, I mean, I think that's uh, what you just said really resonates. It's, it's something we can't give up we've got to bear take our cross and, and and keep on going forward you know and trust that god will give us the grace to deal with whatever it is
2: absolutely you know we have heard uh, during our pilgrimage to to lords different bishops and cardinals speak some great theologians some of the most profound things i've heard on this pilgrimage have actually been from some of the sick mm-hmm. people i've talked to and this father can you just talk to me for a minute let's say they'll say to me father let's say a prayer for my family back home so It's incredible. Their desire to come here to Lord's is not to get all the questions of life answered, but it's to go back stronger, to keep loving their family, to keep being a good husband or dad or mother or sister, whatever it is. A lot of people here, they're looking for the graces to go back home and persevere. That's
1: beautiful. Now, I will tell you that in any game... You're, you're working so hard. You're doing all this stuff. And sometimes some things get frustrating. But at the same time, some things are great. But even so, you're expending all this energy and stuff. And sometimes you've got to stop and regroup, right? They'll take the time out.
2: How does that apply to our, our spiritual life as well? You know, one of the beautiful things about baseball, and there are many. That's other shows down the road, you know. <laughs> but one of the beautiful things is every three outs, as a pitcher, I get a chance to sit down and rest and reevaluate. And in the dugout, my catcher would always come sit next to me. And we would kind of go back over the last few hitters we had. What worked? What didn't work? What are we going to do next inning? So how wonderful it was in the middle of all the action to just have this little quiet zone in the dugout where he and I could confirm what to do. And certainly our lives are so busy and crazy and you know, that's true in parishes, that's true with families, it's true in the office, wherever we are, how beautiful in our, our, our heart desires little moments to be alone with God throughout the day. Just to recharge, to refocus, to reevaluate, and that helps us Make sure when the game starts again, when we go out for the next inning or we go back home to our family or back to work with our our employees or coworkers, we're fresher, we're more focused, we have more faith, more joy, and more love. Fantastic. Thank you so much for helping us understand baseball
1: better, but at the same time applying that to our our spiritual life oh, father th-
2: thank you it's an honor to be here well father andrew if you would uh, do us the favor of and the blessing of closing us with a little prayer sure well here in the shrine of our lady let's ask her intercession for us and for all our listeners hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death amen